Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Seven words that'll scare any politician. Roy Green is holding on line one. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network continues. Yesterday on the show, we uh, spoke with Hillary Morden, Ph.D. candidate at Simon Fraser University. She was on with her husband, Mike, and we were talking about the fact that she is also a person who lives with extreme chronic pain, extreme chronic agony, and how she's fighting back. She's not taking it lying down. She's not taking it without a really significant fight back. Because the College of Physicians and Surgeons had uh, advised her, by way of letter through her doctor, that her meds were going to be cut off, her opioid meds were going to be cut off. And for her, that is absolutely impossible because of the level of pain that she lives with. And so she did several things. One, she hired a law firm to sue based on charter grounds. Now it's, the trick is to try to get her records, she said, from her, from her doctor, which I believe doctors have the responsibility to turn them over to patients. I don't think they have the right to keep them. Anyway, she's fighting on that ground. Plus, she told us that she contacted the college and she said, all right, if my meds are withheld, then I'm going to ask for physician-assisted death. And then when I'm dead, my estate is going to sue the college for wrongful death. And she went back to her doctor and guess what? She was told, well, you can have your medications back. So they buckled. They backed down. I also was in touch with uh, a national journalist who's become a friend over the last six weeks. She and her husband, Bob, have become friends. We, I think I spend more time talking to them and emailing them than anybody else. Don Ray Downton, a national freelance journalist who's written... Uh, some wonderful personal experiences about living with chronic pain. And uh, her husband, as I said, Bob, who um, was on the show with Don Ray a couple of weeks ago as they talked about her suicide plan that she has in place if her meds are withheld. Now, I was really worried about you, Don Ray, this last week because you went to see your doctor and you had some concerns, and, and those concerns aren't necessarily done away with, but they're alleviated somewhat. Hi, Roy. Hi. Yes. Um, I've had a three-month reprieve. I thought that I might find on going back to my pain clinic, which I do every three months, uh, that my doctor might confirm that he was retiring. I thought he was trying to give me that message when I last saw him. It turns out that he's not retiring. Uh, so I have uh, another prescription that will last me for three months, and I'm to go back and see him in three months. What I don't know is whether or not he will still have his prescribing privileges in three months, because there are doctors across the country 
being investigated by their colleges now, and the trick seems to be that they don't lose their licenses, but they do lose their privilege to prescribe opioids, to prescribe benzodiazepines, you know, Valium-like drugs, uh, to prescribe sleeping pills, and to prescribe stimulants like uh, Ritalin or Adderall. Um, So doctors are losing their prescribing privileges in some cases, and I don't know whether or not I don't know how long I will be safe, and without my, without my meds, I'm in Hillary Morden's position. I cannot go back to the pain that I was in before I started using fentanyl under medical supervision. So if I have to go back there, I will have to kill myself. But I think she's given me a really good idea. I will let the college know that they will be facing a lawsuit over my wrongful death. I think everybody should do that. I think everybody should do that, absolutely. I think we just need to turn this... Um, idiotic situation that people have been put in because uh, colleges uh, like to have the power that they have over doctors and over the patients, and they don't have the expertise that they need to go with uh, good execution of that power. I know one thing, they don't like these conversations I'm having. Apparently not. I think that's great. I think we should have more of them. Well, uh, certainly not going to let go. Uh, We won't do it every weekend, but we certainly will not let go of the issue because there are too many people involved. Uh, Several million in this country have chronic pain, just statistically we know that. And in the United States, uh, if it's 20% of the population, and the population is 300 million, people can easily do the math. And, And we'll be talking to an American in a few minutes who contacted me, and she was just absolutely terrified of what's going on with her. Nobody would help her. I was able to get her some, at least hopefully some help, in a matter of minutes, but uh, that's just because I've learned a lot over the last number of weeks. Now, you also created for the professor, Professor uh, Jason Busset at yeah. McMaster University, who was the editor of the guide for opioids for non-cancer uh, pain in this country. You created a marvelous series of questions for him. Share some of them with us, please. Sure. I I was tipped off about uh, a so-called webinar that had appeared online um, on YouTube on July 5th. I was tipped off about it about a week ago. And I I sat there for an hour and a few minutes, however long it was, and I watched it. And, you know, as Alice in Wonderland Wonderland said, it just got curiouser and curiouser for me. There were just problems with it. Um, I didn't know what it what it was, why it was there, uh, that was never established from the outset. I've talked to a number of pain physicians and asked them, were they told that it was going to be on, were they invited to send questions? Nobody knew it was going to be on, so I wonder why it was that the Department of Health gave uh, Professor Busa more money to do this webinar, apparently they did, uh, if nobody was told about it, no one was properly invited. That was one of the first things that was wrong with it for me, but other things became apparent. I knew that Dr. Busa was a, a, a chiropractor. He's not an MD. He can't prescribe even an aspirin. I think that as pain patients, we want the rules about our treatment to be made by somebody who has expertise in what he's talking about. I noticed that Dr. Busa, for example, said twice during the webinar, he was talking about a type of pain receptor called a nociceptor, but he called it a nocioceptor. Um, you know, I, I just I don't think that we... I think we want more expertise about the guideline than is currently on it. So the kinds of questions that I asked were questions about the funding. Where did the money come from and why? Whose idea was it? Why did we need a new guideline? We had a perfectly good guideline, and I can attest to that because my, my care was carried out under the old guideline. I asked them about conflicts of interest, which, which really interests me in projects like this. 
Busa had said, he said before, in the guideline itself and also in the webinar, that there were, for example, no intellectual biases present in the committees. The steering committee itself was made up of only four people. Four people had exacting control over, over the preparation and implementation of the guideline. Two of them are well-known as, uh, as outspoken um, anti-opioid activists. Um, there wasn't even a pain patient, or, or rather a pain physician, on the voting committee. The people who decided what guidelines would say and how impactful they would become, there was only one of those people who was a, a, a pain physician. I'm sorry, there, not, not, not on the voting panel. There wasn't even a pain physician. There, was, there were pain physicians on the, uh, the panel who was uh, supposed to be expertly guiding the, the central panel. My, my question would be, why didn't they make the experts the central uh, panel? But they did not. Um, I also had, I asked, him, I asked Dr. Busu, was he concerned about um, the fact that the guidelines were a violation of international treaties? of the, the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which we have as Canadians, a violation of the Canada Health Act, of two Supreme Court rulings. And interesting, interestingly enough, the guideline counters provisions of Health Canada itself. So what, do we, what takes precedence? Is it the guideline or is it what Health Canada says is good for pain patients? I asked him in particular, did he have any concern about being the recipient of wrongful death lawsuits? And I asked him if he conceived of the webinar as damage control, because to me it seemed that the webinar was entirely about backing off from what the guidelines actually prescribe. He was softening everything. It, to me, it was entirely an effort at damage control. I did not hear back from Dr. Busa. It's been a week now, and I have not heard back. From well, him. you deserve an answer to these particular questions. There are great questions. The, the, every Canadian should know the answers to these questions. In fact, Dr. Busa, when he was on my program, uh, I asked him, I challenged him on a couple of things. Uh, specifically, the, uh, there was the one about uh, the numbers of Ontario patients who've been accessing publicly funded opioid, um, not clinics, but assistance programs, I'll, I'll say. And the numbers went from sky high between 2004 and 2014, I think it was. Anyway, a significant increase. And I asked him, are these all chronic pain patients or are there numbers of what I call generic addicts involved? He hadn't, didn't have the answer to it didn't have the answer. Then later on in the guidelines, they talked about this multidisciplinary approach for dealing with uh, chronic pain patients. They get a, a kinesiologist, a psychologist, a psychiatrist, um, a nurse practitioner, a family doctor, of course, and, and others. It was a team of about 10 or 11 individuals. And I said, where in Canada is it possible? This is a country where 4 million people don't even have a family doctor. Where in Canada could you put together such a team? Well, you can't. Exactly. Uh, that was one of the questions that I asked them. Re recommendation 10 in the guideline is a strong recommendation that we have um, multidisciplinary uh, pain treatment in this country. I think everybody would agree that we should, but to put it in a guideline as if it's real and we can all access it is kind of like saying every Canadian should have uh, a Maserati. Please provide one. So I, I suggested to, to Dr. Busse in my email to him with my list of 38 questions that recommendation number 10 about multidisciplinary pain control, which we didn't have and we probably would not have for a very long time, 
the recommendation was illogical. I wanted to know why he, why he recommended it. it. It puts us all in an impossible place. This is a much more important aspect of the story than the one that's being carried by media everywhere, and that, that's in Appalachia in the United States. Uh, a, a county district or a county attorney, district attorney, is suing drug manufacturers over um, the opioids. The Appalachian counties are broke, and, and my way of thinking is this is a way to get an out-of-court settlement and put some money into the counties. But that's being carried as though it's a major story. The major story is that people cannot survive with what they're being faced with and being threatened with, and in fact, is happening to them. And I'm going to be talking to, and this isn't just Canada, it, Canada's our main focus, but it's also in the United States, and much of what we're doing is based on what came out of the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control in the United States. Don Ray... You're, you're holding their feet to the fire. Oh, I'm trying to. I'm you trying are. To. I think in the last two weeks what's distressed me more than anything um, is the fact that Dr. Busa will not um, come out from behind his, the screen that he's erected uh, around himself, not for doctors who challenge him. Doctors have been asking him to, that since he's let loose this monster, get it back in the bottle. He hasn't responded. He hasn't responded to me. I, I, have, I have developed a great empathy for doctors over the past two weeks, Roy, just from what I've found out. Um, I think that our pain doctors in particular have been put in an awful position. They know they the are. suffering that we go yeah. through, and they are unable to help yeah. us. And I'm, re- I'm hearing from some doctors, I've heard it from more than one, that uh, pain doctors are noticing that more of their patients, chronic pain, pain patients, are taking their own lives. Yes, and now, I had that confirmed with pain physicians that I spoke well, with. We've both heard it. Weeks. They, they are uh, seeing more and more patient deaths. More so we, we both heard this. So yeah. This is the story that the media needs to concentrate on, not some county district attorney in in Appalachia la- launching a lawsuit against the drug companies because it's just about supporting a, a broke county. That's what it's about. Don Ray, uh, obviously we're going to keep talking. We'll keep this issue going. And I think that before it's over, and in due, well, I shouldn't say due course, soon, soon, I think this is going to be the story for this country. I, it, it, it can't go any other way. I hope so, Roy, okay. and I hope it has a good conclusion for all of us. I hope so. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Roy. Bye-bye. All the best. Don Ray Downton on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We're back after this.